The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Jesus said, You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, You fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him or your accuser may hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the grounds of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I know what y'all are thinking. I got out of bed to come and hear those readings. All right. I thought the Episcopal Church was all about love and forgiveness and hope. It is. It's okay. 
I'm not bringing the fire and brimstone. That's not my, not my way of, of doing things. Um, but those are some pretty heavy readings. Pretty heavy. Um, it's important to know that in Jesus' time and before that, that the, the way that Judaism worked, the way that they understood a relationship with God, was not... Um, it was different than our kind of way we have come to understand knowing God through each other and through the incarnation. They understood God by living into the commandments. So at the very basic way, if you followed God's commandments, you knew God. And so what is taking place in our scripture is a rabbinical teaching tool that anything that distracts you from following the commandments is keeping you out of a relationship of, with God. And so Jesus is adding all these extra statements on. You know, you think it's this, but it's this. I mean, it's putting emphasis on the commandments so that you may know God. This is the same Jesus who later in Matthew's Gospel when the adulterer is standing there about to be stoned by everybody, looks at everybody else and says, wait a second, any of you who have not sinned, cast the first stone. And they all walk away. And Jesus looks at her and says, look, sin no more, but all is well. I'm just putting that in context with the, heavy, with the, the heaviness of today's reading. Um, when I... I, like many teenagers, um, it took me about 25 years to figure out how to have a relationship with my father. Um, and so when I was 16, 17, looking at going to college, I wanted to go pretty far away. And so I went to a, a gigantic state school with 32,000 people, but it was a few states away from, from where I lived. And, um, and so I did not know a soul when I went to college. There were three other people from the Memphis area that went to Purdue. And so I went to college, and I wanted to meet people and get to know people, and so I did what a lot of people do. Um, I joined a fraternity, and, um, and that process was really interesting. It's still interesting today to think that they let people do things that they did back then, but they... I have learned that they have completely gotten rid of hazing, which is probably a good thing. Um, but my process was um, every Monday night we went with a group of people that were joining this fraternity, and we would stand there in our blue jeans and white t-shirts, and they would yell at us and give us instructions and, and tell us the things that we needed to learn. And then on Sunday evening, we would come, come and gather and have dinner, and afterwards we would take a test. And the test... Um, was about the history of the university. And so I learned that there were 278 steps that led up to the statue of John Purdue. And it was a land-grant university, I believe, created in 1871 and those kind of things that they want you and, and everybody should know um, of the school where they attend. And then we had to learn the history of the Big Ten and then the history of the fraternity and then the history of the national fraternity. And every Sunday we would sit down and we would take this test. And for the most part, we would do pretty well. And then came the last week of our pledgeship. And we began to take the comprehensive tests on Monday. 
and they wouldn't let us sleep. It's called Hell Week. They mentioned hell in the, in the scripture today, so I can say it. Um, and we weren't sleeping. It was the comprehensive test, and we weren't passing it either. And then comes Tuesday. We don't pass the test. I think I got out three hours of sleep at this point. Wednesday, haven't passed the test. Thursday, we haven't passed the test. And people have been, they had gone from kind of nice to extra special mean, like have to get out the hazing out of their system. And there was one guy, the guy that was my um, uh, big brother or pledged dad or whatever in the fraternity that was still being really nice to us. And I think we're on maybe seven hours of sleep at this point. It's Thursday. And Jeff looks at me. He's like, man, this is breaking my heart, you guys. This is, this is hard for all of us to watch. Um, we just want you to be in the fraternity, and, we've, and, and, and you guys are not passing. This is, this is heartbreaking. We've got to figure something out. And he hands me a copy of the fraternity test with all the answers. Now, some of y'all are like, I got this figured out. I hadn't slept. <laughs> okay. We take the test that night, and we pass. We all do exceptionally well. <laughs> and then the president of the fraternity is suspicious about how we have done so well. They bring us into the great hall. They line us up, and the yelling begins. We knew that the tests had been stolen from, the president knew that the tests had been stolen from his room because we had done so well. And then they asked us to look around. Somebody was missing. They began yelling at us. You broke the sacred oath. You have violated our trust in you. And we have had to kick Jeff out of the fraternity. I think they'd even taken stuff out of his room and put it on the sidewalk. Now, we hadn't slept in like four days, okay? So we're buying all of this. And then they take us up to these rooms, uh, up to, you know, everybody's broken up into individual rooms, and I can, I can still hear ACDC's Hell's Bells playing. And, and I'm crying, and everybody else is crying. Nobody slept. And I'm sitting there in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, I've just gotten this incredibly nice guy that I love kicked out of his fraternity. And I begin plotting, um, I begin plotting, you know, either transfer into the University of Tennessee or um, figuring out how to get uh, to all my classes without seeing anybody um, that I know or anybody in the fraternity and what my life is going to look like after this. This is all going on for a few hours and they take us downstairs. There is an initiation um, that follows the story of the Good Samaritan and then the lights come on, and there's Jeff with a big grin. You know what he says? All of us took the test. All of us in this room have screwed up. And it dawns on me that what unifies us is not um, a desire to excel or be perfect to do our, I mean, there's not this kind of idea that we need to break some kind of code of ethics, but that we're unified in the fact that we have all messed up. 
I mean, that's the truth of not Christianity. It's the truth of, of being human, that we're all sinners. We all have made mistakes that we, we regret. We've lied, we've cheated, we've been unfaithful to God, to our friends, to our own family. We have messed up, we've got pride, we've got ego. But it's a recognition of that that unites us, calls us together. We are no better than anyone else. The thing about encountering Jesus as Christians is that we're invited to do it over and over and over again to experience grace and the collect for today in the, in, the, in the bulletin and the collect. We're asking Jesus to help us with grace. Now, that doesn't mean that we just get to go out and do whatever we want to. It doesn't mean that there's not a hard work of reconciliation, but it means that we are given an opportunity for grace every time we turn to God over and over again. This way of living in, in Matthew's gospel, this gate is impossible. It is impossible to uphold. But then Jesus comes around later and says that everything hinges on our ability to love each other and to love God. Everything. And that is not easy to do. I got some crazy neighbors. We all do. Actually, my neighbors are wonderful, but <laughs> one's back there. <laughs> my neighbors are wonderful. But that's the point. It's difficult. How do we do it? We recognize that we are all flawed, that we are all sinners. And if we can see that, and if we can see the possibility for grace... From that, we can learn how to love each other, how to live into the gospel. It's impossible to live into these standards. Thank God for grace. May we see that as a gift. And may we have the hope and possibility to extend that to others who are no different than ourselves. Amen. Amen.